And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Welcome to it. Fat Pile Friday on Chewing the Fat with yours truly, Jeff Fisher. How in the world are you? Good to see you. Thanks for coming along for the ride today. We've got a lot to get to in a short time to get there. I'm not sure who sang that song off the top of my head, but I, I, I remember it. Uh, it was Jerry Reed. I think I believe it was Jerry Reed. <laughs> got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Smokey and the Bandit. That's right. Hey, coming soon to a restaurant near you. Are you ready for it? Well, you know, if there's actual restaurants to be open, maybe it'll just be coming to a house or a shed or a back lot in the grocery store near you. 3D printed plant-based steaks. So there's a 3D printer that creates plant-based meat. Uh, they're working on it according to the ad or, you know, the, and it's, it is an ad, but it's more of an update on what they're creating. Uh, it really good, really tasty meat that doesn't come from animals. Instead of using cows, we're using technology in our 3d printing case. An Israeli startup has created 3d printers to produce plant-based steaks, imitating real beef to you know, try to get involved into the fast-growing alternative meat market. Now, according to their CEO and co-founder of Redefined Meat, the technology can create whole muscle cuts just as a cow can produce that in a much more efficient way with a lower cost, and of course, it's much better for the environment. Is it? I have a feeling that it's not going to be. Now, According to this, livestock farming contributes to land and water degradation, biodiversity loss, acid rain, and deforestation. Based just south of Tel Aviv, Redefined Meat is going to first market uh, its test alt steak at higher-end restaurants before rolling it out to, you know, you and me, the low-life people. But I have a feeling that it's not going to be better for the environment. Um, we're using electricity, we're using uh, machinery. I just feel like, you know, a cow is better, but you never know if it tastes okay. Maybe you people that say you don't eat meat, but you end up wanting to eat fake meat for whatever reason. I have no idea will go ahead and eat it. Well, we're eating steak, but not really. It's printed from a 3D printer. Yum. So we talked about uh, India banning the 59 Chinese apps, uh, including TikTok. And, uh, you know, they were concerned about... uh, safety and uh they were also concerned about national security and the you know apparently or rightfully so so we also heard that uh hong kong uh is going to go ahead and uh not allow tiktok we heard from mike pompeo here in the u.s that we're thinking about banning tiktok And, you know, we get into that, well, banning. Why are we banning stuff? I don't really like the idea of banning stuff. Well, then I read an email today from uh, The Bleeding Edge. It's Jeff Brown's site email newsletter that, uh, you know, I subscribe to. And uh, he has a brief article about TikTok and the dark side of it. And I'm thinking, wow, okay. Uh, I don't think any of my phones in this household are uh, uh, hooked up to the old TikTok app, although I think there may be one, but it won't be after today. Uh, And if it is, my daughter will not be happy. But I'm just going to read you the update from Jeff Brown and the Bleeding Edge, and you can, you know, obviously make your own decision. That's what what we do here at The Blaze and The Blaze Podcast Network. Uh, we talked about, uh, this is about TikTok and in the article, it says we talked about it last month and at the time it had become the fastest social media app to reach 1 billion users. 
All right. And, you know, if you're not aware of exactly what it is, it has short self-produced videos and people are doing funny stuff. They're doing, uh, you know, showing you their skills or they're doing stupid things. And of course, it's most popular with those darn youngsters out there, those teens and young adults, those young whippersnappers. So TikTok is owned by the Chinese company BitDance, B-Y-T-E Dance. We mentioned last month, uh, this is Jeff Brown speaking, that uh, BitDance was fined for violating child privacy laws in the United States. Okay. It turns out that TikTok is even worse than what you thought. Uh, A researcher reverse engineered TikTok and determined exactly what information was being sent back to BitDance. Uh, The app collects everything about a user's phone. It documents the phone's hardware specs and every app that's been downloaded. It pings the phone's GPS location roughly every 30 seconds. Uh, That means TikTok knows exactly where all its users are at all times. It also knows which Wi-Fi networks its users connect to. It documents the address of the router as well as every other device connected to each network. It has written its software code to allow it to potentially download software to Android phones and then run that software without the user's knowledge or consent. The software could be anything. Uh, malware or surveillance software. Uh, that's illegal. And where does the information go once it's been collected? Uh, well, the, if you're not in China, it goes back to China. Now, that is a little scary. <laughs> uh, just a little scary. Um, according to Jeff, uh, his recommendation is to make sure that TikTok is not installed on any device in your household. I would tend to agree with that. Um, I'm going to make sure that it's not on any phones in my house. I'll tell you that. And I'm a fan of social media. And have I watched TikTok videos? Yes. I wonder if they have reverse engineered. And it doesn't say in this in this story uh, if I if I just if I if I click on a TikTok video. Does that come into my into my world? I think it's pro- probably only if I download it, right? If I save it. If I save it, then I'm bringing it into my world. Uh, if I just open it up into my from my Twitter account or from my Facebook account, um, then it's probably not into my world, although Twitter is. So, you know, it might back, Twitter might have it back out from Twitter. So whatever information you have given to Twitter and or Facebook or Instagram or whatever the case is, then TikTok would, would, you know, reverse that back, but just not what's inside after Twitter at your house. It's really, I mean, holy cow. And you know, we joke around about all your information being gone and given. And, you know, you talk about something. I talk about stuff, uh, here on the show a lot of times. And, uh, Amazingly, an ad will pop up on my phone later on a separate social media accounts reminding me that, hey, you can get this product now. Well, I hadn't really been looking for it, but I guess I've been talking about it. So, uh, yeah, it's listening. And am I, am I scared about it? I don't know. I don't know. This TikTok story, that makes me a little scared. I don't know why. You know, I, I'm not doing anything wrong. And neither are my children. They're just making TikTok videos. But it just, I know it's illegal. Sure, it's unethical. I get it. But I just don't like the whole idea of it. And, you know, it just, without our knowledge. And I guess they might say, oh, read the fine print. You okayed it when you said yes to download the app. Yeah, my kids did because they wanted to make stupid videos. But that's all they wanted to do was make stupid videos. So saying yes to all your rules and regulations wasn't on their 
agenda. Their agenda was click yes until they can make the stupid video on TikTok. And that, my friends, is part of the problem. Yesterday we talked uh, about the uh, racism dinner parties. The race to dinner party. Uh, We talked a little bit about uh, the 10 actions you can take to promote racial justice in the workplace with, uh, you know, an article entitled Dear White People. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm really tired, really tired about being called a racist just because of my skin color. Um, I'm not. And I refuse, refuse to let you decide that for me. And it's coming. I mean, they want us to admit that we are a racist. And if you admit that you're a racist, good. And here's what you need to do to fix it. And if you don't admit you're a racist, that means you're more of a racist because you don't admit it. Um, and it's, I mean, we, 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 there's the story out there from Seattle that is, uh, talking about a class that the city is forcing their white employees to attend an instructional class, um, officially aimed at undoing your own whiteness. Um, the, uh, the interrupting internalized racial superiority and whiteness. Man, doesn't that sound good? Internalized racial oppression, internalized racial superiority, perfectionism, individualism, imposition, arrogance, paternalism, silence, intellectualism, control, violence, comfort, appropriation, cognitive dissonance, objectivity, anti-blackness, Um, that is internalized racial superiority, internalized racial inferiority, colorism, isolation, protectionism, addiction, self-doubt, self-hate, rage, shame, denial, assimilation, ethnocentrism, distancing, exaggerated visibility, hopelessness, apathy, erase, invisible, anti-blackness. It's everything. It's everything. I am really, really tired of it I'm tired of it I'm not racist because I'm white I just am not any expectations or presumptions of emotional safety that is either uninterrupted or immediately restored control over other people and over the land Social status, niceties from neighbors and colleagues, the certainty of your job. Well, would none of us have that? Sorry to sorry to tell you that. Uh, white normative behaviors that only work for us when we're operating as individuals. Oh, okay. Uh, sure. And it goes on and on and on. And I'm sure that many of the things that they're discussing in their uh, session of interrupting internalized racial superiority and whiteness. I mean, is it over? Do I have to take the whole class if I just come in and say, yep, I'm racist. Sorry, I'll work harder. Will you be my friend? Am I good with that? Then do I have to stick around? Of course you do, because now you've admitted it. And... We need to work on those things that made you that way. Um, I don't have to take this. I'm not racist. Uh, Can I go now and get back to work? No, because you're not admitting that you're a racist. Now we've got to go through all of this and prove to you that you're a racist and have you begging at the end of our interrupting internalized racial superiority and whiteness class that you are a racist. Hi, welcome to Chewing the Fat. (laughs) Yes, it's Chewing the Fat on Fat Pile Friday. How are you? 
You know, and just like the history behind the statues uh, getting torn down, the people who are doing it don't care. The people who are giving these racist classes and telling you that the police are bad and telling you that the police are killing black people, uh, they don't care about the actual facts. When you look at the numbers, it just isn't true. And when it does happen, the law is usually followed. When it isn't, or when it appears to be that it hasn't been followed, even white people, <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, even white people are upset at the situation. I know, I know. When it looks like police departments, you know, covered up a shooting, a violent act by a policeman or policewoman, whether that policeman be black or white, white people citizens are upset too. I know, I know that's just because we're racist, right? Because it doesn't matter. But the facts don't matter. I mean, it's important that we keep telling them and driving them home and in hopes that it gets through. But, you know, for the past 20, 30 years, uh, we've let, and I say we as in just, you know, everyday folk have let schools and uh, the media, mainstream media, not <laughs> Blaze Podcast media, duh, uh, you know, say things and we well, that's not true and we move on. But we don't make a point of running them out and saying, no, that's not true. And we don't make a point of saying, hey, um, how about you teach the truth? That isn't the truth. Well, I'm teaching the way I see the truth. Well, that's not really what you're supposed to be doing. So we've let that go now for at least 20 or 30 years. And so, you know, it will take that long again to get it back. But we've got to start sometime. Otherwise, it'll just takes longer to get it back, right? When is the best time to plant a tree? Yesterday. But if you had, didn't do it yesterday, do it today. I got it. No, I got it. You don't need to explain it to me anymore. I, I, I got it. So I'm recording... Uh, I'll get off of that. I can't, I got, I can't, I can't think about it anymore. I'll just get angrier and angrier and you don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that either. So I'm recording a little early today. Uh, those of you listening live, uh, July 10th, uh, 2020, uh, I've got, you know, I had Pat this morning, you know, Friday, uh, Friday with Pat, uh, on blaze TV and blaze radio, uh, Pat unleashed. And then, uh, I'm supposed to be on Stu this afternoon for Stu's show. Uh, so, I mean, that's scheduled. So you can look for that on uh, Stu Does America. And I'm supposed to be, you know, we're celebrating, uh, you know, his, some milestone for his stupid show. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not part of their little YouTube party that he's having, but, uh, I'm part of the show for his, uh, you know, for his milestone for his show. And then I have a wedding to go to. So I'm looking forward to that just to see how it pans out. Uh, I thought for sure they were going to cancel it, but no. Uh, in fact, I was, you know, almost, I was thinking to myself, you know, boy, it'd be a real shame if I didn't have to go to this wedding. Know what I mean? Darn. If they only, if they have to cancel it, what a shame that would be. But no, they're not canceling. And of course, you know, if you're getting married, you're doing everything you can not to cancel it. I got it. So uh, I'll have a story for you on Monday. Uh, maybe I'll do a you know a, an Instagram live or a YouTube live uh, about the wedding. I want to see the masking. I want to see the social distancing. I want to see the whole thing because they're having the wedding, and then they're having the little celebration after, and it's in the same kind of building. Like they have the 
the chapel and everything where they're getting married and then it's a you know it's a celebration uh gathering room in the next you know the next building they're they're connected but it's one big huge building and so it's going to be fascinating to see how it works out and it may get me out of dancing (laughs) i know sorry Ooh, yeah no can't be on the dance floor social distancing okay yeah can't do it wish i could man do i want to oh man do i want to but i can't uh so we'll see it'll be it'll be fascinating to see how it works out uh because i mean we're still getting uh everything across the country and uh you know here in texas is wear a mask if you're if you step outside of your house and more states are doing it and the coronavirus numbers are going up and they made a big deal i saw just uh, i saw a big deal about the numbers in tulsa went are going up after trump's rally really where's all your reporting about the protesting uh all the cities that he had huge protests and the numbers for those oh okay uh yeah never mind so just just incredible anyway i'm looking forward to that so you know follow me on my social media accounts uh, at Jeffy JFR on Twitter, Jeff Fisher Radio on uh, Facebook and Instagram, and uh, Jeffy, Jeff Fisher Radio uh, at Parlor. Although I haven't done too much to Parlor, I guess I need to start parlaying more. Uh, and no TikTok. <laughs> Don't to be thinking about TikTok, okay? <laughs> you know what? If you've been on TikTok, man, cut it off, okay? Because China already knows. China already knows. All right, let's go to the break room. I need a drink of ice cold water. Oh my gosh. You know, if it sounds like I'm drinking something different than water, uh, no. No. Those of you uh, that are watching live uh, today, no, can see that uh, I'm I'm actually drinking ice-cold water. One of the things that I've... I don't know. I, did, I feel like I didn't even talk about it. Uh, the first of the week, coming back off uh, the, uh, the July 4th holiday weekend is the hot dog eating contest the nathan's hot dog eating contest uh joey chestnut broke the record i mean his record uh 75 hot dogs and buns i mean incredible capturing uh his 13th mustard belt in 14 years and uh yes he lost uh, a few years ago when matt stoney ate the most hot dogs uh you know Joey wasn't feeling well uh, that day. I don't know if that's true or not, but he lost, so he must have been. And remember that uh, Mika Sudo, uh, who was, uh, you know, she's won. I don't know how many years she's run. She's won uh, now, but she's won quite a few. But she had never beaten the amount from Sonia Black Widow Thomas, who had eaten 45 and had, uh, you know, had the record. Well, no longer. Uh, Mika Sudo ate 48 and a half hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. And that sets the new record. That means she wins and she sets the new record. Incredible. Congratulations. And uh, George Shea was, of course, there. And, uh, you know, he created a little controversy because he kept taking out his mask and social media can't have that. But but the ratings were uh, not good. Uh, the ratings were uh, not good. It's the lowest draw since 2005. Wow. Uh, they only had uh, 966,000 viewers. Whew. That's the lowest draw since 2005. Wow. That's not good. However, on a side note, uh, you know, what makes these events great is you're able to experience the event with other people who are there live you know i was watching uh this is what's gonna hurt sports is that you know there's no audience 
sure, we want to see the games. It, you know, will I watch college football if they play it? Yeah, it looks like they. Good luck with that. But uh, if they were pl- one of the draws, and you know, the ratings are going to go through the, you know, through the, through the, through the toilet. Uh, anyway, already. But, and not only because there's no audience, you know, as far as the major, uh, the major sports goes, but well, they're all major Jeff, I know with the professionals, but one of the things that makes college football really fun to watch is the crowd. I mean, that's you, you, you watch it at home, but you want to be there because there's 90,000 other people there cheering and screaming. That's what makes it fun. And without that, that excitement is gone. And the hot dog eating contest proves that. The excitement of no people wasn't really excitement at all, was it? The event happened. We got people to watch it. We got people to talk about it. It all happened. And we got to talk to George Shea again. I, I did an interview with him. I, uh, I posted the interview the day, uh, July 3rd, uh, that Friday. You can go back and give it a listen. He's a fascinating guy. Uh, created major league eating and he you know he's just a he's a real really cool guy i would like to talk to him and see how he felt about it because i bet that that played a huge huge difference in the excitement of the room sure joey was you know set the record sure make us set the record but the excitement uh you know not being outside not having the crowd there that's that's gotta hurt and obviously it hurt the viewing I mentioned going back and listening to the George Shea interview. Uh, perhaps you should uh, be reminded that you should be a subscriber to this podcast. Um, if you're listening right now and you're not a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, you should be embarrassed. Uh, be, you know what? It would just be embarrassed for yourself. Don't even look up into the rearview mirror if you're driving. Don't The next time you walk past a mirror, don't look in it. I know it's difficult to do, but don't look in it because... You should be embarrassed. You should be a subscriber to Chewing the Fat podcast. Choose a platform, whatever one, uh, whatever one warms the little, the little cockles of your heart. Okay, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever, 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 whatever one you like, and subscribe to Chewing the Fat, and then you'll be alerted when the new podcasts are uploaded daily. Uh, Monday through Friday, a lot of times Saturday, maybe even sometimes Sunday. I mean, I work this tongue to the bone for you. So the least you can do is become a subscriber. Subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Reminder as well that you can uh, contact the show by email, chewingthefat at theblaze.com, by Twitter at JeffyJFR, by Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, by Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio, and by Parlor, Jeff Fisher Radio. Jeffy on Parlor. You can parlay me there as well. Although I said earlier, I haven't been I haven't been using Parlor and I've gotta make a point of that. I don't know why. But it feels like I need to parlay. You can quote me on that. It does feel like I need to parlay. So, did you go to Disney yesterday for opening day? Or are you decided that you were going to go today and, and hang out in line? I saw the lines. People waiting in line to get back into Disney. Amazing. Uh, they've got to be happy about it. But, of course, this is uh, reopening Disney with guidelines to prevent the spread of COVID-19. And uh, wear your mask. And I saw the lines of people waiting to get in and the, you know, the families are together and they're social distance from other families. I'm not really opposed to that. How about all the time? Uh, the mask thing kind of bugs me, but you know, that will go away soon enough. Uh, that will be your choice soon enough, which it should be anyway. But that, of course, is another story. But remember as well, they don't want uh, they, you know they don't want you hollering on the roller coasters either. No screaming. So keep it inside. Keep everything inside. You can have the time of your life, but keep it all inside. And I mean, 
if you didn't bring your own mask, you can't get in without a mask. So I hope Disney had a, you know, $25 Disney mask that you could purchase with a, you know, Mickey Mouse or a smiley face or, you know, a, a happy face. So you could smile on the mask because we're not going to be able to see you smiling, you know, on your actual face. And there's no hollering whatsoever on the uh, roller coasters because we can't have that. You, we're spreading COVID-19. Now, let me ask you this question as well. If I'm on a roller coaster and I lose my mask, do they drag me out of the park right then and there at the end of the roller coaster or do they shake you out? A seat three needs to be shaken out. He's hollering and he lost his mask. Boop, push a button and you get thrown out of the roller coaster right then. <laughs> I would actually like to see that, but, you know, of course they're not going to do that. But are they going to make you buy another mask right then and there? Or do they, are they going to provide you with a, you know, a paper mask until you can get back to Main Street and purchase one? And if they see people, you know, walking around with a paper mask, they're like, ah, oh, you were given that at one of our rides. Uh, we've seen you walking around with that for longer than five minutes. You need to get that replaced. I'll be, it's going to be interesting how they enforce it. Uh, how, you know, see how tough the Disney police really are. And those stories will come out this weekend. It'll be fun. We haven't talked about the Royals in a while. And, uh, I, you know, I know, don't, I, I heard you say, good, I don't care about those people anyway. But, uh, I mean, we have talked about uh, Prince Andrew because he could be in big trouble if uh, Ghislaine uh, has her way and uh, is able to get out of the mess she's in by throwing other people under the bus, under the Jeffrey Epstein bus. But Harry and Meghan are still, you know, making news. And, you know, my favorite... Uh, headline from them is that they need to make money uh they haven't made any money since they've uh, broken away from the royals oh gosh darn it they need to make some money yes they need to make some money and uh you know they pitched themselves to bob Iger to do some voiceover work or at least you know harry was pitching remember when they went to the party and uh jay-z and beyonce was there and uh bob Iger was there and harry was seen actually pitching for his wife to get a gig, a voiceover gig. And Iger was like, she does voice work? Huh, that's weird. Well, so I read a story about that. And it has a commercial that she did, a 30-second Tostitos commercial. And it claims that in the, in the article, it says that this is the only voiceover work that we could find from Megan. Obviously, she's got the TV show. You know, I don't know how many seasons uh, she was on the stupid TV show, but uh, it has her doing this 30 second Tostitos commercial. And she's on, in the grocery store looking at uh, the chips and trying to figure out, but then uh, the commercial has her looking at these chips, but the voiceover is saying this. 13 ingredients? That's more people than I invited to the party. Unless Denise brings Carrie. Ugh, Carrie, with his short shorts. White corn, vegetable oil, and salt. Yeah, three ingredients is good. Okay, I mean, I don't even know if that's her. I'd like to I'd like to have proof that that's actually her. But good luck, God bless. And uh, they're talking about the struggles, and Harry's having a tough time. He's being overwhelmed with guilt, uh, leaving royal life, and he's having a tough time. You know, it's been locked down and coronavirus in L.A. And he just thinks. Did you see? The, and they had they did the video thing, uh, the Zoom thing, and. And, I mean, Megan is right in the middle of the screen and Harry's kind of off to the side. It's like, uh, uh, I'm telling you, I'm right. They, it's another year. Another year. And they are 
history. And I don't wish it upon them. I don't want them to be history. But, you know, I mean, I call them as I see them. And I read between the lines. That's what we do here on Chewing the Fat. My gosh. So that's what you have. So I did get your uh, emails on uh, some happy stories. And I'll uh, read you some of those. Uh, during the podcast version of this show, uh, I did get your updates on the state fairs. Um, you know, it's, uh, incredible that, uh, many, this, I, I love this email that I got and I, I don't want to beat you up too bad cause I really appreciate the email and it means a lot to me, but, uh, this is from a loyal listener and I really appreciate it. I appreciate you you know, letting me know. And, uh, you know, he, he wants me to know that there's, you know, a large livestock show and auction, which is a big draw, big lineup. And, uh, he says in his email, if I'm not mistaken, our state fair has been canceled for a couple of months. I don't go every year, but it's about 20 miles from where I live. That's great. And that's nice to know. Although in the email, Nowhere in the email does it say which state, what city, where. (laughs) So just know that the state fair where Jason lives uh, is about 20 miles from where he lives and it has been canceled. So that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a shame. Now I'm just teasing. It says state fair of Oregon. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Jason was already going, I told you it's titled. I know it is. Okay. Apparently Iowa canceled, uh, in mid August, um, Nebraska is still scheduled to go. So the corn Huskers still may have a state fair. Wow. That's kind of cool. Uh, good luck. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, late August, they're all, you know, September into October, August into September. We'll see if that still happens. I doubt it. I doubt it very much. But with places like Disney open and people wanting to get back to work, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Take personal responsibility. Let's get America back open again. You know, maybe that's the slogan. Uh, you know, get America back open again. Take personal responsibility. Oh. <gasps> Maybe we can teach that personal responsibility. Hmm. That would be interesting class, huh? <laughs> I mean, uh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Did you see the uh, video from Campus Reform? And if you haven't, I- I'll I'll tweet it out today. Uh, it's asking students if they would support giving up free speech to avoid offending others. And they are incredibly, well, bright, bright. That's the word I'm thinking of. Uh, You know, one person said, uh, I definitely think they should be monitoring the hate speech because that shouldn't be allowed. Right. And my favorite, I think my favorite answer is from this young man uh, when asked about... uh, (laughs) Uh, the freedom of speech this is his answer jeez i mean free speech is so important though so i mean giving it up is like giving up one of your rights isn't it though (laughs) it is almost like giving up some of your rights (laughs) it is almost like that many of them uh, a little frightening they were going to give up their rights if it makes you know other people more comfortable and i'm willing to give up a little bit of my rights if it makes you feel more comfortable wow wow just a little frightening just a little frightening but you know free speech is so important and you know giving it up is almost like giving up you know some of your rights isn't it though (laughs) it is almost like giving up some of your rights an amazing 
An amazing thought. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. Before I uh, read a couple of the uh, happy moments uh, emails that were emailed to uh, chewingthefatattheblaze.com, I saw a uh, some percentages that were a little frightening. Um, during the coronavirus pandemic, which, by the way, we're still in, uh, experts worldwide are calling attention to what they anticipate could be a huge influx of patients in need of mental health care with needs far greater than countries existing systems can handle and boy i'll tell you you watch some of these videos of that are being posted of people going crazy about uh, masks and uh, uh black lives matter and on the street and in stores many of them uh are they're, they're, they're not because they're angry about something else. They have uh, serious mental issues. 20% is the estimated share of Americans who suffer from a mental health condition. 43% number of U.S.-based adults with mental illness who received treatment for their conditions in 2018. Four percent is the portion of the U.S. population with severe mental health conditions that weren't under control even before the coronavirus pandemic. And 45% is the number of people who reported that concerns about the virus had negatively affected their mental health in, in the recent times. Wow. Uh, that those are some big numbers and those aren't, I mean, the experts are talking about worldwide because I'm sure many countries don't have, uh, the tracking that the U S has. And if they do, they've got to be, through the roof. I mean, we've we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of mental case uh, issues the last four months that uh, we probably wouldn't have seen had there not been a pandemic. Oh, and uh, we got the big uh, live from the drive-in this weekend. Right, starts tonight with uh, you know Brad Paisley and uh, you know John Party Parday Party and uh, Yacht Rock Review. I mean, who doesn't want to go see Yacht Rock Review? And uh, it should be uh, a great weekend at Live from the Drive-In. And I don't want to forget about uh, Darius Rucker and Nelly uh, performing uh, this weekend as well. Uh, I know they're you know you're performing in St. Louis, uh, Nashville, and uh, Noblesville, Indiana this weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, if you go. Let me know how uh, how it is. If you uh, if you're not sure what it is, you can go back and listen to uh, I think Wednesday's podcast. But uh, I, I don't you know you know what you should you should be listening to every podcast and subscribe. So, uh, but I talked about the the uh, live from the drive-in, and uh, I am uh, I'm looking forward to see how it goes because they're trying to adapt, right? Uh, they're trying to make it happen and see if they can uh, if they can have concerts this way, and you know they're trying to make it happen. And by they are trying to make it happen, I mean Live Nation. So they've put it together. And if you go, I'd like to uh, I'd like to hear from you at uh, chewingthefatattheblaze.com and let me know uh, let me know how it was. Uh, you know I. I just want to know how it was set up, if it was set up the way they say it's going to be. Um, how was the how was the uh, security? Were they making sure that you were keeping social distances? Were they making sure that you were in your two car garage area and that was it? Uh, was it bigger than two car area? Uh, just uh, interesting. I'd like to hear from you. So uh, email me and let me know uh, how it went. Or, you know, tag me in one of your Twitter posts or Instagram posts or Facebook posts. But I definitely would like to hear how it went. And as I'm going through the emails here, I see an email uh, talking about uh, the Walmart stores uh, implementing uh, self-checkout lanes across the board. Uh, there's no uh, clerks. It's all self-checkout. So, you know... In the email, uh, you know, Rob mentions that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of unemployed clerks in the near future. You know, I'm sure Walmart, uh, they've been cutting back as it is. 
and the self-checkout lanes, they're pretty good at Walmart. Uh, They're pretty good at uh, Sam's Club, which is the same company. Um, they have, you have, if they have, I don't know how many, how many registers do you think are they going to leave per person? So they have one person overseeing it at the last Walmart that I went to that, uh, has the, you know, the big, huge section that they remodeled, uh, to make the self-checkout bigger. What is it like? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten or 12, uh, self-checkout one person overseeing that area so if they have one person especially in the in the longer areas where people are getting uh you know a lot of items uh they're gonna have to have you know one person for every three to five registers maybe right i think so uh, I think so. And plus, uh, the, well, and by, by not bad, I mean that uh, there are some places like the the Kroger's, uh, those Kroger self-checkouts are a pain in the rear. They're always asking you to do this and you can't do this and you got to do this and you got to do that. The Walmart ones are pretty easy and they're pretty fast. Boom, 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 you're done. Uh, and maybe that's just the products I'm getting. I don't, you know, I don't know. It just seemed that uh, when I used it at the Kroger stores here in, you know, DFW, they are, they need more attention. So whatever company is setting up the Walmart Sam's club ones, uh, need to go to Kroger and say, uh, yo, uh, why don't you let us help you out a little bit? <laughs> but well, you know, we'll see it, it's, it's going to be, you know, what's going to be frightening is you think the lines are slow during the holidays when people have two or three carts full of stuff going through with a cash register. Oh my, or with a, you know, a, 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 a clerk helping you through, uh, by yourself. Oh my gosh. Good luck. And you're going to have to up security, right? Cause people are going to, you know, scan two shirts, three goes in the cart scan two shirts three goes in the cart so they're definitely gonna have to keep and i'm not saying i would ever do anything like that but i'm just saying it's possible that something like that could happen like let's say you have six cans of something and you only ring up four now obviously you know you're supposed the way they do it at sam's club is you know they're counting uh products that you have so you purchase you know 25 products and you better have 25 items in your cart if you have 26 we're looking at uh you know hey you don't you've got more you've got more stuff in your cart what's going on go back and pay for it or get rid of it but uh, that's going to be tough when you have uh the way you know walmart sells their goods so i mean it'll be interesting times interesting times who's going to check it who's watching it how you going to enforce it this, I mean, I, it goes back to security again. I mean, holy cow. We are, if you know, these, <laughs> you want a new gig, be a security guy or girl or woman or man or it or whatever you identify as. But that's what's going to happen. Uh, holy cow. If you don't, uh, they're going to have to find a better way to secure their products from not being stolen. And you can quote me on that because that's got to happen. All right. uh, A couple of uh, happy moment emails. Uh, I told you about uh, just one time that I was telling a story about when I purchased a car. And at that time, it was, you know, just this, the, one of the happiest moments of my life. And uh, it just, it was, it was remarkable and i'll tell the story again and i've got a couple more that uh, you know have happened throughout uh, everybody's got them that happened throughout your life and you look back and you go wow that was an incredible time and that was one of the happiest times of my life well paul has emailed me saying one of the happiest moments of his life was when he saw a cop pull over an idiot that passed him doing a hundred gazillion miles per hour weaving in and out of traffic (laughs) well that's a good moment and that's a smile moment uh i think we're gonna have to break down you know happiest moments of your life and you know smile moments because smile moments are great 
and they're wonderful, but they don't necessarily stay with you. Uh, you know, you, you, you think of them. Uh, there's plenty of times like this smile moment. There's plenty of times when we hope for a smile moment, like someone, you know, does something jerky to you, passing you doing a hundred gazillion miles per hour, weaving in and out. And you think, boy, it'd be a real shame if they got pulled over right now. And if they do, you know, what a huge smile moment that is. But I don't know that it's that happiness, freedom moment. And when you look back on it, like Anthony emailed me and he wrote, I had just graduated college in 2010 and my retail company had promised me a manager position, but they were in a hiring freeze. Two of my other friends were in similar situations. We took our graduation money, rented a car, and went on a 23-day road trip from Indiana through Memphis, then Texas, and beyond. It was awesome. Seeing two-thirds of the U.S., no one to answer to but ourselves. We drank lots of beer, ate lots of food, almost ran out of gas on the mountains. And while we were on the trip, we were all offered full-time jobs. Everything lined up perfectly, and I doubt we'll ever be able to do it again. Exactly what I was talking about. You look back at that time and you realize how happy and, and really free you felt. And that's, uh, you know, incredible. That's better than a smile. Well, I mean, not better. It's not better than a smile moment. It's just different. You have the smile moments and you have the happiest freedom moments of your life. I'll give you more. Uh, I'll give you more in a, in a separate, in a separate uh, podcast. Uh, but I love them. Thank you. Keep them coming at chewingthefat at theblaze.com. And many of you, I'll leave you today on Fat Pile Friday. Many of you have asked, where's Chris? Where's Chris? Well, I can tell you right now, I don't know where he is. Uh, apparently, he went on vacation. And then, apparently, they said, hey, stay on vacation another week. And I don't know where he is. Will he be back? I guess. Uh, as far as I know, he'll be back. Uh, do I miss him? Eh. Eh. Uh, you know, but uh, I look, he's still alive. He still has a family. He's still, uh, you know, taking care of uh, other people's kids. He's t- <laughs> so, you know, he's still, you know, having a kid of his own, or at least his wife is. And uh, he believes it's his. And, uh, you know, we're that's where we're at. So have a nice weekend. Good luck. God bless. Thanks for listening to Chewing the Fat.